Welcome or welcome back to another episode of Way Too Wifey. I'm your host, Respectfully Gabby, and in this podcast, we talk all about dating and relationships in this modern day. Today, we have a guest. Hello. Um, <laughs> it's Kijana, but I pretty much answers to anything. Okay. Just whatever you want to call me. <laughs> Honestly. You may have seen her on TikTok. She is blowing up right now in the dating space, in the healthy dating space, which I love. That's why I wanted to have her on. But I did want to ask you, um, so I know that in a lot of your videos, you mentioned that um, your dad is a therapist. And um, I'm wondering if that has helped or hurt your relationship dating life. Well, um, I would say as I've begun to listen to him, it definitely has helped. (laughs) In the past, it would make me very angry because he would say certain things that I didn't understand. And in trying to like secure the outcome that I wanted. And he was like, basically telling me like, this is how you're going to get there. And I was like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. Like (laughs) everything's new, fun and fresh. And you're old. (laughs) Typical. Yeah. It definitely led to like a point of contention as to like where I wouldn't even talk about my dating life to my like parents at all, which opened up the door for me to be in a relationship for four years with a narcissist. So, um, Yeah. And then once I finally started talking about it with my parents, my dad was like, do you realize what, like who you're with? And I was like, no, like, (laughs) Uh, to me slowly, please. Yeah. I was like, oh, I guess. When did you start opening up about your relationship to your parents? Um, so this relationship, I had an eating disorder, like to like bring it to home. I had an eating disorder when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. and um I've always been very thin and the person that I was with at that time would start telling me like oh you're putting on weight you're getting a little oh my fat god. Oh my god, and so yes and when I was at home with my parents and I was a teenager they were the ones that helped me through that eating disorder mm-hmm. so they noticed like right off the bat when I started dropping pounds again and they were like wait hold on and a comment came out to my sister of all people. And I was like, well, my boyfriend at the time thinks I'm fat. Like he thinks I'm gaining weight. And it was just a snowball from there. Here's her vlog. And she was like, what? And I was like, yeah, he like patted my stomach and was like, you're, you're putting on a little pound. And I was like, so after that conversation, I have a sister that tells my parents everything. So Uh like, if I don't, (laughs) to know I don't tell that I don't tell her and so she told my parents and then my dad was like hey like I want to have a conversation with you and your boyfriend throughout that entire time like my parents had not met him and then they met him and then they were like you're kidding (laughs) absolutely no I can see right through your bullshit yeah absolutely not and then I started like noticing things and inconsistencies and it just yeah pretty much was over from that gotcha so you right now are in a relationship but hopefully a different one I am actually it's kind of new um healthy you know we were in a situation before we actually are in this committed clear relationship Mm -hmm. and I broke up with him and I went no contact I want to say for seven months Oh, wow. I started dating again and I started learning about dating again. And I was just, you know, all gun ho. I was meeting such great guys. 
and I did fall in love with him. So I think like that was an aspect of me being open to being with him again. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same exact time, like I have required so much like proof, growth, etc. And so, yeah, he came back seven months later and he was like, whatever you want, whatever you need, whatever I have to do, like, I'm willing. Yeah. I feel like that period of time, too, where you were not in contact with him, I feel like people underestimate the no contact thing. Like, that will give you so much growth. If he was creeping back in and out of your life, it would have been so much harder to grow as a person and who you needed to be before you can set the healthy foundation oh, most definitely most definitely I think we all underestimate no contact and yeah. I think what we do is we go no contact with the expectation of that making them want to come back mm-hmm. but when you go no contact you're going no contact for yourself yes uh-huh. <laughs> so when you go no contact Tell yourself I'm doing this for myself. Get two to three goals. I know like boss up, level up. That's so like girl boss, but mm-hmm. like literally become a girl boss. Yeah. Literally become a girl boss. And that's what's going to help you and propel you into not going back and forth with someone that's not going to respect you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 100% facts. I'm curious though, because um, it is a healthy relationship, but I'm curious, you know, no one really talks about the first healthy relationship outside of like moving from a toxic relationship into a healthy relationship and the transitions that you have to make and the things that go on within like inside of you. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I always like to say that butterflies are warnings, warning signs because they really are. Um, our body remembers trauma. And we crave the familiar because our brain works in pathways. So when we do something, our brain recognizes the pattern. Therefore, it knows which neurons to fire and which neural pathways to go down. Mm-hmm. I know I sound like such a oh, weird, <laughs> weird nerd, but this is what happens when a nurse and a therapist has a child and they're like, <laughs> you know, so that's what happens when you are in relationships that are toxic or that you find yourself in relationships that um, breathe the same type of trauma that you've been through. Mm-hmm. And so my relationship that lasted four years was very toxic, very traumatic. Um, I was always on edge, constantly anxious. So when I met my current partner, I was only interested in a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. Whereas he had never really been in a toxic relationship. So mm. We have, you know, the social media, like relationships are supposed to be like this, or they're like this, or she's supposed to be like this, et cetera. So he was like, where is the toxicity? Like it's missing. And so I remember when we broke up the first time, he was like, we never fought. Like we're supposed to fight. Like, and I was like, <laughs> and that's what we really think, you know, because we have like these examples where we have this familiar trauma informing us that we're supposed to fight in relationships and we're supposed we're supposed to feel like sad and dejected or we're supposed to put their needs before ours but that's not a healthy relationship so when you get in these healthy relationships you're like man this is boring (laughs) like 
Where's the excitement? Yeah, because there's no up and down. Like, I don't know what page we're on today. I also feel like it's really important part that you brought up was the fighting. I feel like constructive, like, hey, this is what's bothering me and having an open conversation about it is not arguing. And the people that are still in that toxic mind frame are going to consider that arguing. Yeah, most definitely. And so coming into like this healthy relationship, everything's quiet. Everything seems boring and you're just where, and that the problem is, or what that is, is actually our body is wanting the adrenaline rush. And so let's say you are talking to a guy that likes to ghost you. Yeah. Well, you get a dopamine hit every time he texts you, believe it or not. And so when he ghosts you and then he texts you three days later out of the blue, your body is reacting to that. Like I just got a dopamine hit. It's a and so you have a, an adrenaline rush. And so you buy into that and you want that in your relationships because when you're in a healthy relationship, everything's just kind of like smooth sailing, you know? And like you said, it's like a discussion. It's a conversation. If someone does something like, Hey, this really bothered me. And then you have to take accountability. There's no like slamming doors or like ignoring each other for days it's just like accountability head on so I do you think that that ever goes away though like the the need for that adrenaline adrenaline rush I was watching um I don't know if you've ever seen the show on Netflix sex life Mm -hmm. but um basically it's about this girl who um has the perfect life like the perfect husband they have a great family this nice house she has like her life painted perfectly but she still craves this one ex that treated her like shit and the sex was great and like she still craves this person so like that's the concept of the whole um series it's really good actually but I'm curious if that feeling ever goes away do you think um I think that if you are a person that does the inner work it does because when you are with a secure partner you're able to focus on more things you're not only solely focusing on how that person is treating you. So you're able to go out into the world and become like a productive member of society. I don't know about you, but like when I was in a bad relationship, I would just like want to lay in bed and binge watch shows. Yes, that's all we did. Oh my God. (laughs) Like personal goals or aspirations. Out the window. I didn't have any sight of what I wanted to do. As soon as we broke up, I'm like, okay, I'm focusing on me. I need to know like what my next steps are and actually growing. Mm-hmm. Um, it started kind of like when we were like leaning off of each other, but yeah, I totally agree. You yeah. start to lose yourself, your goals, your friends, everything. That's how you know it's a bad sign of a leave. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, and I think once you do the inner work and you want better for your life, you actually will have no room for toxicity in your life. Yeah. But that goes back to the the saying that, oh, the sex is so good in toxic relationships. Yeah. When in all actuality, the sex isn't that good. It's just the only time you feel seen in that relationship. Ooh. (laughs) And I had to learn that because I really... I was like, but the sex is just so good. <laughs> and my dad was like, that's the only time you feel seen in your relationship. Wow. And I was I've like, I've never okay. heard that before. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. That's cold. <laughs> I also, the reason why you um, are attracted to those people that are emotionally unavailable is because you partially are not emotionally available. That if, is yeah. if you want to find out if you're emotionally unavailable, look at your friends. Oh my God. Wait, I feel this is like this is a personal attack. 
look at your friends. If your friends are emotionally unavailable, I would say 9.9 .9 times out of 10, you are also emotionally unavailable. Wow. Mm -hmm. And it's so weird. We are such a product of our environment. Yeah. And birds of a feather. <laughs> really <laughs> together, yes. And <clears throat> because you guys find comfort and safety in that, I personally had emotionally unavailable friends, friends with trust issues, commitment issues. And I was like, I am not emotionally unavailable. Like, what is wrong? You know, come to find out. She is just a little, just a little bit. And so I, I really had to work through that. And I, yeah. I really had to like be honest with myself and say, yeah, if I find comfort in not having to showcase my emotions, talk about my feelings or my ideas or certain things, then I'm emotionally unavailable to a certain point, even yeah. though I a relationship there's still inner work that has to be yeah. done yeah Absolutely. I feel like without doing that you know inner work and actually knowing where you stand and like being honest with yourself you're going to self-sabotage the relationship more often than not and that just gets you into a whole oh. lot of shit <laughs> does it does it ever yeah <laughs> I saw one of your TikToks on the bare minimum and I wanted to talk about that because I feel like everyone nowadays is using the the bare minimum for like you know buying you flowers or the bare minimum for taking you out to eat at this nice restaurant it's like that's not the bare minimum but I wanted to see what your thoughts are on that there are some very hurtful narratives that are promoted across social media and the bare minimum being one you'll see a very pretty girl dressed up and um with her boyfriend or her man or whoever and he's bought her a bouquet of roses and he's buckling her shoe and then they'll caption that and they'll be like if he wanted to he would <laughs> Are we um, stuck? um what like no like we know and then you have like all these women in the comments like oh my god I want this for my life I want this I want this I want this you can't have that without having a man that respects you you yeah. can't have about a man that is going to be honest and loyal to you and if you do have that then you're you're not going to be able to prioritize or value that because those are just going to be virtual signaling yeah and so the video that I made the bare minimum I listed out uh concepts and things that were the actual bare minimum and if you look at it that is the the very bare that you should be receiving in any of your relationships just like the bottom line respect I feel like is the number one thing the number one thing because I always say like don't get me flowers if you can't respect me because I I don't really care that you can go out and spend ten dollars to sixty dollars or however yeah. much money you spend on a bouquet of flowers but you don't respect me yeah you know, and I think that's very important as women. We have to know, like the saying, um, the bars in hell. We have to know that we put the bar there. Yeah, and we <laughs> literally. Let's raise the bar a little bit here. <laughs> if we personally, as ourselves, would raise the bar and say, my dad has a saying. Mm -hmm. And I, I always hesitate to say it because I kind of feel like it can be a little derogatory and like, people will get upset about it. But he said, if you are dating men, or if you're dating women, or if you're dating, you know, whoever, look at them like a show dog. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, the show dogs jump over the bar. Put the bar wherever you want to see them jump over it. Hey, dad, what's up? And he said, <laughs> the dog is going to try and jump over it. And he's going to be able to jump over it. Or he's going to be like, no, that bar's too high. I'm going to go down a level and jump over that bar. Wherever you put your bar is what you want. Yeah. And I had a lot of people saying in the, in the comments, like, oh, this isn't my bare minimum. My bare minimum is this plus. And that's fine. You know, like, that's okay. But that's like the bar on the very low, lowest peg. You know, like if, if all of these attributes aren't in your relationship. Yeah. But the big bar, things are then it's, yeah. And then your bar is in hell still. Yeah. <laughs> like actually. Like actually in hell. You yeah. know, people are very good at tokens and gifts especially when they want something, especially mm-hmm. when they have an objective mm-hmm. and those trips and those dates. So you're just ringing a bell for so many people. <laughs> but I think like the the bottom line is that when you said like, oh, this person has to respect me, I think it starts with respecting yourself and knowing when to walk away if they're not respecting you like you have to hold yourself to that standard in order to receive that as well from other people because people are going to treat you how you treat you oh most definitely most definitely and that's why I think it's very important to have a time in your life where you're just focused on yourself Mm -hmm. and not necessarily in a selfish self-serving type way but in a way of building yourself up so people can really tear you down Past couple of years, I'm like, the growth has been astronomical. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that and feel that. So what are the the things that you would consider the bare minimum then? Okay, so here are nine absolute things that I consider the barest of bare minimums. That's being spoken to with kindness or neutrality, having your calls, your messages answered or returned, physical respect, respect in general. Regular communication, which goes back into having your calls responded to or answered to. But this is in communication about their feelings, like if their feelings change or if their thoughts change. So communication, consistency and consideration, basic human decency, which there are many traits and principles that fall into that. (laughs) Many. We know. (laughs) Having plans, having plans initiated or followed through on meaning they make dates with you they want to spend time in the same space with you and when they make those dates they keep those dates they don't flake and being considered in the decision making this does come when there is a little bit more of a commitment in place Mm -hmm. and they are looking at a future between the two of you together okay can you clarify that last one a little bit Okay, so for instance, um, we all make decisions in life um, and we're constantly making decisions that is um, affecting our future. And so let's say I am with someone, for instance, I am with, now I know this may sound crazy because we don't date military men, but. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, are you dating a military? I am dating a military man. Um, and he is set to be out of the military. And so a decision that, you know, he has to make is whether or not he wants to re-up and 
if we are in a committed relationship, I would be considered in that decision, especially if we're okay. talking about like lifelong commitments. Like, is this something that we see for our future or is this something that I just want to do by myself, you know? Right. <laughs> just being open to being in that conversation. I just feel like that's what people are missing. <laughs> like, I feel like with my ex, he just constantly, like, it was always like, this is what I'm doing for me. It's, I mean, obviously we weren't like married or anything, but still regardless, I would like to be considered in, oh, most definitely. in decisions. You can make your own decision at the end of the day, like whatever is going to be best for you, but have me and, a part of it. Yeah. I do think that can be like a very sticky situation. Um, because they can make a decision based off of you and then grow to resent you later on in the future. Yeah. But um, at the same exact time, they can make a decision that completely X's you out of their future. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> like, what's more important for you, I guess? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I wanted to ask, uh, because I know that you are obviously like in a healthy relationship now. I think that Part of being in a healthy relationship is setting those boundaries. Um, so I'm curious how you um, like set that foundation with him. One thing is that we talk about our expectations quite often and frequent. Okay. Um, another thing is, I don't want to say like I have a list and I'm just, <laughs> it's this, 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 this. Because it's not, it's not necessarily like that. It doesn't translate to that, but it kind of does, you know, and this is, I think, yes, it goes back to like our expectations. I expect this, you know, um, one, one big thing about me is I expect communication. Okay. Um, he sucks at communicating. Oh. And most, so, men. <laughs> most men and I like for the life of me thought like, Oh, you don't like me because you don't want to talk to me all day long. I had a conversation with my father <laughs> <laughs> And he was like, why in the world do you want someone that talks to you all day long? Are you, you know, like afraid of being forgotten during the day? And so what you have to do is with your boundaries, you have to ask yourself why you have the boundaries that you have. Okay. And you have to realize that the boundaries that you have are to protect yourself, not to keep people out of your life. And so I think one thing that I did when I first like started developing my boundaries after being in like shit relationship, shit, shit relationships, shit relationship was I was just like, my boundaries are going to keep me safe. And so I started developing boundaries that kept people out of my life, you know, and then I had to pivot that when I realized like I was just being, I was basically just being a hard ass for no reason. Yep. <laughs> And if you want to be in a relationship with someone, you can't just be like, these are the rules. And if you don't follow them, you're out because there's, there's no collaboration in that. And so I had to really sit down with myself and figure out what I wanted from a relationship and develop boundaries according to that. And so, um, I have a TikTok about it. Um, basically boundaries that I have in the talking stage mm -hmm. and, boundaries that I have in a relationship and each and every time you develop a boundary is as someone comes into your life that boundary is going to morph a little bit to include them into your life and so one of my boundaries um for the talking stage was I wouldn't have people over at my place because one I'm celibate two I feel like it just gives off like this lazy you don't really have to so work lazy. for me <laughs> 
And you, men love, like if a woman has her own place, they love it there because it's going to be clean. The AC is going to be on. They're going to have Wi-Fi. They're going to have food in their fridge, um, you know, things like that. And so men love that because that's a feeling of being nurtured. And mm -hmm. so once you invite them into that, that space, your safe haven, then that relationship, although there's no commitment, takes a different step for the woman. Whereas the man's just like, oh, I love being here. Like, this is great. The woman's like, oh, wow, this man is in my space. Therefore, that means something, you know? So one of my boundaries was not having people over. Um, another boundary. To his place or is that like? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> I just want to confirm. <laughs> in the talking stage, I don't go to, I don't go to his house. He doesn't come to mine. Okay. Got it. I think it's more personal though, when they do come over to your. Oh yeah. That's definitely like a personal boundary. Like if that's your thing, like I know people don't like going out in public, you know? So, um, like for instance, I don't like restaurant dates. I hate them really? and I hate restaurant dates and some women love them, you know? So it's like a, definitely a very personal thing. Um, another thing was physical, like don't, touch me in any type of way that I have not like invited, you know, then these are my boundaries. What are yours? I love that. Mm -hmm. I feel like the, the biggest point that you made there was knowing why you hold your boundaries and why they are, if they're serving you or if they're not serving you, what would you say is the biggest green flag when dating? Openness. Okay. Person that, yeah. yeah. A person that is open about who they are, um, open about what they want with you, their intention and open about sharing you with people that are most important to them. So yeah, I would definitely say openness. I love that. I completely agree. If they're not open, they're probably emotionally unavailable. <laughs> okay. So where can the people find you? You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Kijana. That's K-I dot J-A-N-A. All right. Well, that is it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you guys could, please hit the subscribe, leave a comment, turn on your bell notification so you will never miss another episode.